welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. So I just want to quickly share because I would like to pray with people here at the end. You know, we've talked about it's your time to live in your in peace. It's your time to live in destiny. And today, just for my last session with you, I want to talk about it's your time to make a mark on the world. It's your time. You know, you've got your destiny and this is just continuing on from this that it is your time to find your destiny and to make your mark. And I specifically want to just say this, that you might have set out on a journey where you thought, you know what, I, I used to know where my life was going. And maybe there was a hiccup in the road for you. You know, like Kylie, maybe there was a, um, you know, you, you find yourself as a single parent or you find yourself in, in a broken down marriage or you find yourself dealing with something that you never thought was a part of the plan. But you know what? God can take up and pick up what was broken and what seemingly you think is the end and he can make it a new beginning. And I, I really want to, specifically for people here that you've just thought, I really thought my life was going here and my life has ended up in this direction. It's no surprise to God. And he's going to pick you up and put you back on the path. And you can also have a life of incredible hope and destiny and do something to make a difference in other people's lives. I want you to um, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I can't hear any pages turning. <laughs> You're all quiet. You've all got your iPads and iPods. That's what it is. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I just want to give you three quick keys for how you can kind of find what it is you're meant to do and make a mark on the world. And it's really simple. Because you know what I love about the Bible? It is simple. I think we complicate it, but it's so simple. So let's have a look at 1 Timothy verse six, chapter 6, sorry, verse 17 to 19. As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. There's our first one, number one, enjoyment. Verse 18, charge them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be liberal and generous of heart, ready to share. There's point two, share with others. In this way, laying up for themselves the riches that endure forever as a good foundation for the future so they may grasp that which is life. There's point number three right there, indeed. So there you go. Verse 17, enjoy. Verse 19, share Sorry, 18, share, and verse 20, life. I can get down now. <laughs> That's my three points. Is that all right? You can, you know, done. But I just want to share through another story. I used the story of the woman with the issue of blood. I just want to very quickly share with you about another woman in the Bible called Dorcas. And I want to show you how these three keys right here, enjoy, share, life. And it is so, you know, sometimes we complicate, what is it that I'm meant to do? Well, how can I make my mark? Enjoy, share, and live. So let's have a look at this Dorcas. Very unfortunate name. Poor Dorcas. I think, I think some versions, they call her Tabitha, I think it is. Poor Dorcas. She had a very dorky name. Acts chapter 9, verse 36. Now there was a woman, there was at Joppa a disciple, a woman named 
in Aramaic, yes, I'm right, Tabitha, which in Greek means Dorcas. She was abounding in good deeds and acts of charity. But about that time, she fell sick and died. And when they had cleansed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, begging him, do come to us without delay. So Peter immediately rose and accompanied them. And when he had arrived, they took him to the upper room and all the widows stood around him crying and displaying undershirts and tunics and other garments such as Dorcas was accustomed to make while she was with them. But Peter put them all out of the room and knelt down and prayed. Then turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she raised herself and sat upright. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. Then calling in God's people and the widows, he presented her to them alive. And this became known throughout all of Joppa, and many came to believe on the Lord, to adhere to and trust and rely on Him as Christ their Saviour. So we've got a woman who became famous in history for one thing. She made underwear. You're like, how can a woman who makes underwear, undergarments, tunics, become so famous that it actually says that people were saved because of it? People were saved because she made underwear. You know, that just is like, that's a bit strange. But I love stories like this in the Bible because it makes things so simple and so real for us. That we can make a difference in the most seemingly simple of ways. We can make a mark in the most seemingly you know, basic of ways. But what it comes down to is what is it that you enjoy? What is it that you're good at? What is it that God has gifted you with? And so let's look at our first point, enjoy. She made undergarments and tunics. She must have enjoyed sewing. How simple is that? She liked sewing. You know, God wants you to enjoy the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the resources that he's given you. He wants you to enjoy them and he's given them to you for your enjoyment. But often what happens, God gives us something and then we stress over it. You know, we want children and instead of enjoying them, we worry about them and we stress over them. We pray for a big house. I remember when we moved to Queensland, God, I'd really love a double story house and a really big block. Well, now I stress over the fact that I have to clean this darn big house because it's so big. And I'm like, one week I clean the bottom and the next week I'll clean the top layer. The, the, the yard is so huge. I'm always on it, Cameron. Go out and do the gardening. Go out and pull the weeds. And you know, God gives us things to enjoy and somehow we turn it into a stress. God wants us to enjoy life. John 10.10 says he came that we might have life and we might have it in the full. And that's not talking about waiting for the big moments of life. You know, like when I was younger, I couldn't wait to get married. And then when I was married, I couldn't wait to have children. And then I did that three times and I enjoyed And then it's like, oh, now what? Because, you know, God wants us to enjoy every day. He wants us to enjoy every season, not just the big moments of life. And when he gives us something, he wants us to enjoy it instead of whinge and complain about it. You know, we ask for a job and then we complain that we have to get up and go to work. I'm a classic for that. I'm like, God, you know, I really wanted some supply work at our, you know, and to get back into teaching um, about a year ago. And now I'm like, oh, I have to go to work today. And I complain. I'm like, that is so ungrateful. What do you enjoy? You know, I think we need to be people that are always learning and open and, and expanding ourselves. And, you know, I mean, I love trying new things. It's okay to do new things. I remember years and years and years ago, I remember saying to, um, you know, one of my leaders, I, I really love writing and I want to write and I want to do this and I want to do that. And, and I remember them saying, oh, but you'll be compromising your calling. You know, you're called to preach. 
And so I kind of had this mentality that if I did anything other than just ministry, which looked like this, that, you know, I wasn't fulfilling my calling and my destiny. I've completely changed my mind on that. You know what? I like knitting. So I knit. And you're looking at me like, what? It's actually quite fashionable again to knit. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to teach my daughter to knit. And so you know what? We've made a blanket together. My mother-in-law came up the other few months ago. We went and bought her some knitting needles. It turned out she knew how to knit better than me. I was actually meant to bring some more wool back for you to continue the blanket. I forgot. George is going to be very upset. But you know what? I know that that might seem like a simple thing, but my daughter will remember for the rest of her life that that blanket sitting on her bed, she made that with Nana. I'll sew it together for her. But she made that with Nana. It's a simple thing. You know what? I love kind of the whole organic way of living, right? I'm a little bit of one of those hippie mums. I think I'm an undercover hippie. I think I, I missed my era, my calling. So you know what? I've got six chickens at my house. We have so many eggs, it's insane. Like people that knew us from Adelaide now, they come to our house and go, you are hilarious. I've got a vegetable patch. Half of it's dead, but you know... I've got it there. I'm growing coriander on my balcony. And then I Google, flowers are coming out of my coriander. What's wrong? Apparently, it's going to seed early because it's hot. I don't know. I just enjoy it. I get my kids out there. I take them to Woolies and I go, pick a plant each. We're going to grow something. I have no idea if it's in season or not. Let's just grow it. So you know what? We had corn and we had broccoli. I've got no idea what I'm doing. I just jump on Google. What's happening to my broccoli? Okay, cool. I grew these tomatoes, right? And my tomato bushes were growing beautifully. And then I come out one day and all the leaves were dead. And I'm going, I said to Cameron, I don't know what's happening to my tomatoes. And he's like, I think I do. I go, what have you done? I could tell. I thought, he's done something. He was spraying weed killer in the wind. And the wind blew the weed killer onto my tomatoes. And they were like this tall by then. And I'm like, are you joking? I've put so much of my blood, sweat and tears into those tomatoes and you've killed them. But you know what? The tomatoes grew and have ripened. All the leaves are dead and the tomatoes are still growing. I picked 40 tomatoes off my tomato tree before I came. I don't know what I'm going to do with them all because I'm the only one that eats tomatoes. I'm like, I'm in trouble now. But you know what? Enjoy your life. If you like cooking, cook. If you like knitting, come and join me and knit. If you want to plant a vegetable garden, go do it. Learn about something new. Find out something. Be someone who enjoys this big, beautiful world that God has given you. And don't apologize for it. I like writing, so I write. I don't care if anyone else doesn't read it. That's just what I like to do. Find what you love to do and do it. You know, we need to help our kids find what they want to do as well. Like, and I used to be one of these parents at first. I thought, well, you know, if you started jujitsu, which is what my little son was doing, you know, the karate jujitsu thing, then you've got to, you've got to keep doing it. You can't give up. But then I read a Dr. Phil book. Dr. Phil does have some wisdom. And he goes, you know what? Help your kids find what they like to do. And if that means they do something for a little while and it doesn't fit, let them give it up. It's okay. Let them try something else. And I thought, okay, because I'm a bit of a sticker. I'm, you know, if you do something, you stick at it. And I thought, it's my job to help my children find out what they're good at and what they want to, you know, what, because it, because it's going to help them find their destiny. And that leads me to my second point. And that is to share. Dorcas used what she enjoyed and she shared it. So she must have loved sewing, undergarments for some reason, and she shared it. Take what you love and make it how you love. 
That is one of the best things I've ever heard. I wish I could take that quote and say I came up with it, but I didn't. I heard a a guy that came through our church a couple of years ago, and it has stuck with me. Take what you love and make it how you love. So, you know, I really love writing. And so my, um, I think Kath had my picture book before. When my picture book came out, it's amazing how different doors will open. But there was, um, there's a website called singlemumaustralia.com.au. And it's Australia's largest website for single mums. It's like a go-to website. It's like you can, you can get on the forum and share with other mums. You can get legal advice. Like it's massive. If the media ever want, um, you know, if like 60 minutes, not 60 minutes, current affair or one of those ever want a story for about a single mum, this is the website they go to and they do a media call out. It's this massive website. And they did a review on my book, right? And so it was a really beautiful review. So I just jumped on and thanked the lady. And I said, thank you so much. That was such a nice review. And then I thought, you know what? I grew up in a single home single parent home. So I I just said to her, if ever you want an article on anything, I've grown up in a single parent home. I'm happy to write something for you. And so then she's like, you know what? I would really love that. And so we started talking over email. And so, um, she goes, you know, what do you like writing about? And I go, I know this is funny, but I'm an organizational freak. I love being organized. You can ask my mother-in-law. I just, I, pretty much sweep up behind her wherever she's going. She gets nervous coming to my house because I'm so clean and I'm so organised and I love being organised. So she's called me the organised, what does she call me? The organisational mum. I can't even remember now. But she gave me some name and I blog on how to help single mums get really organised. And that's what I blog on. And you know what? I don't talk about God on my blog. They don't know I'm a Christian. They can jump to my website and they'll soon find out. But you know what? And and hundreds and thousands, they get, I think, 70,000 hits a month. And I put things on there like how to get your kids out of the house in the morning and still all be smiling. Like, you know, change your life material. I don't change my life when I made up a chart to get them out the door in the morning. But you know what I'm saying? Get what you love and make it how you love. And you just don't know how God will open up opportunities for that. You know, the thing I love too about Dorcas here, she didn't have permission to do it. No one came up to her and said, thus saith the Lord, Dorcas, you are to make undergarments for all the widows. You know, she didn't have a title. She wasn't a deaconess or a, or a pastor's wife or, a, you know, she wasn't a, a judge or one of these other important women of the Bible. She was just a woman. But she was used to change history because she just took a simple thing of what she loved and she made it how she loved. And she didn't wait for permission. Don't wait for permission. See the need and go out and meet it. You know, if you like cooking, cook and then just find someone to give it to. Or if you want to garden, garden and then find someone to give you things to if you don't want to eat it yourself, you know. Just whatever it is that you do, do it and share it. So that was my second point. Enjoy, share. And the third one is this, is life. If you enjoy and you share, you will find life, just like Dorcas did. You know, this is the thing. This is the oxymoron about the Bible. The Bible says weird things like lose your life and you'll find it. You think, how does that work? Lose your life and you'll find it. Give and you'll receive. See, the Bible goes so opposite to how we think. And Dorcas gave all in, no holding back. She gave liberally and generously. See, God is all in with us. We need to be all in with him. He is all in. He is ready to listen to you. He is ready. I mean, can you imagine God listening to hundreds and thousands of whinging, complaining women at different times of the day? I take my hat off to him. He is all in with us. We have got him on tap 24-7 anytime we want. 
And yet we tend to put God in a, in a box, in a slot. I'll give God this time. God is all in with us. It's time that we started being all in with him. And, you know, we think that we're afraid that if we give liberally and generously and we share without holding back that we'll lose out, miss out, and there won't be enough and it will drain us. See, in Dorcas, this is what happened. She gave out so much that she actually passed out. She died. She got sick. But this is where the miracle comes. God restored her life. God gave back life to her and she received a miracle. And there's something about women when we step up, like what Tony was saying before, there's something about women. Women are giving men a run for their money. There's something about women when they decide to do something. If I could have the band come. And you know, I think sometimes we're afraid to give because we think if we give, there's not going to be enough back for us. But here, God's words, God's wisdom is the complete opposite. If you lose your life, you will find it. If you give, you will receive. But you know, this morning, I really, really feel in my heart, this is so incredibly important that we get this this morning. That God wants us to be women who absolutely enjoy our life, but we don't keep it to ourselves. We're called to use it to make a mark. And I know that there would be women here that you've been disappointed because, you know, you started off with so much vision for your life and energy. And then life tends to have a way of kind of tiring us out and the monotony can get us down or things happen. But God promises that as we continue to give and to enjoy and to share that he will bring life in all of its fullness. And I want you just to put your Bibles away because we're just going to have five, six, seven minutes where I just want us just to open our hearts up to God. And, you know, we haven't had a a chance yet to just say, you know what, we're just going to open up these the front here. And I just want us to go, you know what, God, I just need some filling up today. And like Kath was saying before, what is it that you're walking away with today? Maybe it was what I spoke about earlier this morning, that it's your thoughts. And there's areas in your thought life that you really know you just need to bring before God. Or maybe it's what I was talking about before, that you know you, you had this amazing plan for your life and things haven't gone the way that you thought. And there's been a hiccup on your journey. And things are kind of going a different way. And you just want to come before God and say, you know what, God, I'm yours. You lead me and guide me. Put me back on that path. Make something incredibly good out of what was broken. Because you know what? The enemy has intended for evil. God will use for good. See, I come from a broken home. What was intended to bring me down and, you know, if I look at statistics, girls from broken homes are meant to have double the chances of depression, substance abuse, their own marriages failing, and um, things like suicide, pregnancy out of marriage, all of those statistics are meant to double. But you know what the enemy intended for evil, God has turned around and used for good. We don't have to be a statistic, I said that earlier. Your past is not your future.
This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.